Hello, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. However, or whenever you're listening to us, welcome to another edition of the Temperamental Guna podcast. I'm here with our boys, Kibs and Amari. Uh, hi, guys. How are you guys doing today? Doing good. Doing good. Yeah. Have been looking forward to this one. Does it not yeah. feel better? Does it not feel better, Amari? I can, I can, I can, I can see your smile from here. Yeah, our, our, our good luck charm is still working through. Three eps in, still winning. Long <laughs> may it continue. Kibbs, how are you feeling? You know me, feeling good, feeling well. Ready, ready to go today. It's going to be an exciting one. Kibbs, have you got loads of flowers to give people this, this episode? Yeah, pe- people are getting their flowers posted, <laughs> posting, delivered. <laughs> Well, on that on that note, boys, it was a 4-0 victory to Arsenal at West Brom. Sam Aladici said we were in a relegation battle. We were in a relegation battle technically when we started, but now we're not, are we, Allardyce? So, yeah, you have that to yourself, Sammy boy. Um, yeah, a great, a great game, boys. Uh, how did you see it going, uh, Kibbs? Uh, so, on the base, just yeah, going back to last week's pod and when we're doing our little predictions, I, I did think we were going to win. Um, I maybe thought, I think the general consensus was that it'd be a bit tighter than it actually was. Um, and, you know, this, considering the settings, it kind of felt like a FIFA ISS sort of game with the snow. It just had this, for some teams it's magical, but for Arsenal that time of the year, you're just thinking this could go disastrously wrong. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've seen the headlines already when the boys were coming out in their leggings. Yeah, I was like, this is made for the classic Arsenal week mentality. Poor, they don't like it. A bit of snow Defo, against the Allardyce yeah. team. Defo, Defo, it was all that kind of talk about can they do it in a rainy day of, in Stoke? Uh, could they do it in a snowy day in, in the Midlands? Yeah, late everything about it, just like late kickoff. It just, I, I was, I, I wouldn't say I was nervous. Speaking to others, I, I feel people felt that maybe it'd be a draw or something like that. I, I did think we we're going to win. I thought it would take us a bit longer um, to maybe break them down, but we came out straight away with full intentions. And I was, um, yeah, again, I was impressed. Like the turnaround has been, I, I dare say astronomical, because <laughs> this is a different team to the team I was seeing uh, just a month ago. So yeah, really impressed. Yeah, Amari, your initial thoughts? Yeah, like, I completely agree. I think, as well, for me, it's not just, like, a different team from a month ago. It's almost, like, I don't think we've seen Arsenal play with such kind of attacking verve for the, since Arteta came in. Um, this isn't the first time we've won 4-0. Uh, we did against Newcastle and Norwich last season. Watching those games, those games didn't have a 4-0 feel to them I don't think we were ever completely dominant in those games if you go back and watch them whereas on Saturday it was it was comprehensive um it was a convincing performance even though it was against West Brom I don't I think we've not had many performances where there was no kind of small margins we 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 completely dominated the game and it was it was good to see yeah Yeah. just to add to that I just think Maybe that was the best 45 minutes of football I've seen 
um, from as you said, Omari from Arsenal in a long time. It was just the some of the passages of play. Uh, it, it's different because we've been capable of scoring great goals, um, especially in the FA Cup run. We, we saw that, but this is what I was trying to um, kind of explain in, in the last pod. It's when you have creative players and when they're doing stuff and instincts is very different from it being on the training pitch and it just seems very structured. This was just something different. Although we were still going down the wings, I was seeing Lacazette turn in Ivanovic at the byline. It just felt so different. Lots of confidence. Mm. Um, yeah, I was, I was. Yeah, I remember. I remember that Lacazette move. To be honest, I didn't. I didn't believe he had managed it. I didn't really believe how he had managed it, but he managed it, so it's all good. And it just shows, you know, what a couple of wins can do for a team, changing the confidence and just mm. the team playing with that much more flair, uh, flair, confidence, and really going for it. I mean, yeah, my, my initial thoughts as well, when you saw the team and you saw, actually, I, I didn't actually realize, I only realized latterly, uh, some people were wearing tights, uh, like Maitland-Niles when he came on. And then actually I realized, oh, Aubameyang is wearing them as well. But, you know, at the end of the day, uh, Kieran Tierney was there. Uh, he wasn't bothered and he was certainly going to play a big part in the game. Uh, let me just go to reading out the team lineup and then we'll get more into the game. So we had uh, Bert Leno starting in goal. Left back Kieran Tierney, potential Arsenal captain there. We'll come about that, I'm sure, later on. Uh, we had Pablo Mari, Rob Holding and Hector Bellerin as the back four. Uh, Granit Xhaka and Ceballos in uh, midfield. So I think all of us called that. I think I, I listened to the pod before. I actually meant to say El Elneny. But in the end, mistakenly, I said Zaka, so I get that. So I'm cool with that. Uh, and then we had uh, Aubameyang, Smith Rowe, Saka, and Lacazette uh, spearheading the attack. So yeah, again, Arteta was playing uh, four-two-three-one. Uh, I thought he would go for the sort of like four-three, four-three-three formation, but he went with the more attacking four-two-three-one. Um, to start off with. Um, had a lot of positive moments in that game, both on the left and right side. Bukayo uh, Saka down the right-hand side, firing like a couple of crosses and shots from that wing. And then Kieran Tierney was having a really busy day on the left side. Uh, how did you guys see those initial moments in the first half before we got our goal? Um, threatening. Uh, one thing, I think with Saka, I think we spoke about you know, some comparison to him in Sesk. Well, I didn't think I was convinced last week. And I know it shouldn't take a, a week or performance to mm. change an opinion, but he seems to have really stepped up a level in terms of his attacking intentions. Um, the way he was getting past players is, 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 is getting consistent now. Um, and he has the ability to go on either foot, which maybe I wasn't paying enough attention to. So... Yeah, and in talking about attacking chances, uh, maybe the first thing I'd like to focus on is when um, he received the ball from the right and he kind of done a Pepe almost. He, he kind of cut back into his uh, left, done it effectively. And fizzed it, he fizzed it Key in. Key point. Yeah, <laughs> effectively. Um, and he fizzed it in. Uh, do you know what? On another day, uh, would, would you say yeah, that was a shot? I don't know. Was he looking for a ball? I think he was. But it was um, fairly well-paced. 
unfortunately, Orba, he just doesn't have the legs. He, he did go for it, but he just doesn't have the legs on him. I, I, I did expect him to get that. It was, it was like fine margins, but yeah. Um, yeah. Um, at that point, I was like, are we going to have another chance? We need to take our chances already. And mm. but yeah. 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 The yeah, biggest compliment shot. I can have for Saka is he just seems to make the right decisions every time and the brave decision, even if it doesn't work. He's always trying to go forward, attack. I mean, fullback was not having a moment off. He's constantly having to worry and think about what Saka's going to do next. Uh, and as you say, yeah, the fact that he's happy to go with either foot, I think Nicholas, Nicholas Pepe needs to, <laughs> needs to really be watching that because yeah. Saka's convincing when he goes with his right foot as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he's, he's, he's becoming dominant. Um, on the pitch for us, and uh, yeah, best player, best player we have on the on the pitch at the moment. Yeah, and I mean, the good thing is that you know, you know, Arsenal traditionally, right, <clears throat> over the years, we've had a very, uh, we've had a lot of a bias, uh, left side bias in terms of our attacking prowess, and this this game showed there was a bit more balance. Like we could attack down the left, and we could attack down the right, and we were equally, <clears throat> yeah, it's West Brom, but you've got to play whoever is in front of you we were equally dangerous on each wing. And that was something that was really, really good to see. I mean, we went, we saw Kieran Tierney have a lot of the ball going down that wing. And then he eventually went down the wing, decided there's no one here. I'm going to hit the ball, come in on my right and curl it. It was absolutely beautiful seeing that goal uh, go through. Um, I think he's a player who's been really consistent this season. And we were, you know, Emery didn't get a lot of things right in terms of uh, his era, but we can be thankful that he gave us, oh, he, Kirantino was bought under his wing. Maybe he didn't materialise as we'd hope, but yeah, Tierney came under his watch. So a very good goal. Yeah, it was, it, he, the lack of respect he showed that fullback was, <laughs> it was, it was so rude. Just beat him once, beat him again. And then, yeah, he has a lot of quality um, he looks hungry. I think there's a lot to be said for someone that's used to winning titles. Whatever people might say about the Scottish League, I think winning is a is a habit, and he's just used to winning. And you could tell this run of form really hurt him. And he seems very hungry to to make sure that we stay on a, on this positive uptick. Yeah, with that goal, it was quite weird actually. Having played like fullback for a bit when I was like playing football. Um, how he moves sometimes, how he moves the ball forward, it's he really is actually. It feels like he's a defender first actually because his movements are quite unconventional. So if you see like the just like the kind of like he just stepped forward with his left foot to take it around the player, that's a very like one route. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Defender just, move. And what's then, the word? Like push and go, so to push, speak. Push yeah. and go, and he didn't quite he, he didn't quite do a step over. He kind of like stumbled over the ball, sensed yeah. himself. And then and then pushed off across again. It was um, yeah, it it was really good to see because I think although he's been one of our most consistent performers this year, at times I think his sometimes his final delivery has let him down. He's been a bit rushed. So to see him not, he didn't consider against Barlam. See him actually like take a forward motion to goal to goal and have the confidence to take the shot. It just means we have a yeah we have someone there now who we can like look to. And he seems like the shackles have been like unbuckled and he seems a bit more willing to advance forward. 
Yeah. He's not shackled yeah. by formation anymore. So, yeah, I, I, I'm looking to see a lot more from him this season. Yeah. Amari, Amari, looking into the second goal, um, I think a, lot of, a player who's going to get a lot of uh, praise for this goal is obviously Emil Smith-Rowe, but also as well, Alexander Lacazette playing a very good hold-up role. And then eventually, you know, they all, all three of those guys combined for the second goal to make it 2-0 two, two, two to us. Uh, how did you how did you see that interplay and you know the influence of Smith Rowe and connecting with Lacazette? Felt like a Jogger Benito advert, man. It was it was lovely. It was lovely to see. I haven't how how many times recently have Arsenal had two like great goals in one match? Um, I can't I can't remember the last time I was watching league games and thinking this this these are goal of the month contenders. Um, it's beautiful football. I think. I've been really, really convinced by the way Smith Rowe has kind of taken this position in the team. And the first time pass around the corner was just, it injected pace into that attack. And instantly everyone just knew, okay, right, go. Because he, he plays that ball and he's just off. He's just off. And he's beyond Lacazette and Saka straight away. Uh, they combine. Lacazette, great ball around the corner. And then Smith Rowe just knows my mates are going to be in there, taps it across, and defenders nowhere in sight. They don't even know what's happened before the ball hits the back of the net. It was it was really, really great to see. And that that first touch by Emma Smith Rowe was just it was just so nice. He just brings the ball under his control and taps it across for Saka, tap in, lovely goal. Great team move, and hopefully there'll be more of that to come. So it was a typical Wenger goal, wasn't it, Kibbs? Yeah, yeah, we'll get down to this in a few weeks, maybe, or maybe a few months, but that was a prime-time Wenger ball, I was just about <laughs> to say. I was uh, seeing flashbacks of other players when they're doing it. It was so quick. It was a bit of Wilshire, you know, maybe a bit of Rambo, a bit of Ozil. He's thinking of that. He's thinking of, you boys are thinking of the Norwich and Sunderland goals. Exactly that, 2013. Yeah. yeah, anyway. Yeah. But, um, yeah, Smith Rowe, he has something of a strange ability to keep it simple, but he's so effective, like just one touch football with his left or right. He just finds himself in the right position and he he kind of draws players in as well. So as soon as he's got the ball, he moves it so quickly, done for. And I, I'm, and I was really glad to see that, you know, Lacazette was on the, like the same wavelength. I've been really impressed with him, not to go off top, but yeah, Lacazette's been excellent these kind of last few weeks. Um, I wasn't expecting him to be so quick. Yeah, I mean, Lacazette had, uh, Lacazette had I, I thought what I really liked about him in this game was his hold-up play and his, and his play to you know, interact or, you know, interplay with other players. I think we missed that. Um, Giroud, for all the criticisms of Giroud, and he was a great player for Arsenal, he was very, very good in those tight spaces with just laying off the ball or a step over or something like that. So um, in a crucial part, um, that type of goal. So it was it was good to see Lacazette having a strong game. And that takes us into the, the, the halftime, 2-0 up. We come out in the second half. Uh, he slightly go to sleep, in which West Brom could have made it 2-1, but lucky enough, we got an offside uh, decision going our way. Um, these are the kind of things that Arsenal just need to be a bit careful of, don't we? Like, when we come out when we come out uh, for the second half, 
we really got and we're in the ascendancy we really got to keep that up so it was a bit of a scary moment wasn't it but lucky enough we went um well we had another good passion uh passenger play counter-attack and then we made it 3-0 yeah i yeah. I, I kind of feel, I know it sounds weird, you should never, you know, you should never be 2-0 up and then instantly or give a goal away. But I, I can kind of for, I can kind of forgive that. If we're creating those kind of chances and, and we, we have much more direction going forward, so I, I feel those, I was kind of saying Arteta's bread and butter was us staying defensively solid and Omari and Toes, you've mentioned a few times, um, how our games have gone through like fine margins. Yeah. So if, if we're creating loads, I, I can kind of f- forgive that um, us conceding chances, especially against sides such as West Brom. Yeah, no I completely Randa. agree. There wasn't, you weren't nervous. Like if that ball hit the back of the net and I was just like, that's annoying, but we're going to win this game because we were just carving them open at will. And um, I felt like that was... The worst that would be would be a wake up call, yeah. And even and it, it being disallowed as a bonus, but it worked in that sense in terms of the team instantly went up the other end pretty much and cut them open again and made it three 0 and put the game to bed. Bit unfortunate second, for Smith Rowe that his his yeah. finish wasn't wasn't the one that went in, but yeah, yeah. Jai, just to say he had a shocking game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was just I was just about to come to that. I was just about to come that yeah, he, he gave us a big helping hand there, didn't he? Oh, funny yeah, stuff. Uh, all right, so yeah, three nil Lacazette and then uh four nil Lacazette again. Uh our boy or my boy, uh Kieran Tierney, he's becoming one of my favorite players now. He really has become my, one of my favorite players, this guy. Uh he goes up the left wing, crosses it, uh Lacazette is there to put it away. Bit of a sheepish finish. I think he's more concerned about whether he's offside or not. And lucky enough, he was just onside. So we're happy about that. But, you know, Arsenal Arsenal putting a game to bed. And this is something that, you know, I always want us to sort of like regain. Even when we are in the ascendancy, for some bizarre reason, you just find that Arsenal like to take their foot off the pedal. But this time we went for it. And we got a, you know, I've been telling myself that when we are on form, someone's going to get it. Someone's going to get a, a, a pasting and. Lucky enough, you know, we did that today. We kept our we kept our our, our foot on their throats, so to speak. Uh, Arteta wasn't even happy. Like he was happy, but he he said, you know, there was more there was more there for us. He made the point of of saying, you know, that we could have got more goals in this game. And I like that kind of hunger because that's definitely something that we've always found commendable about teams like City. Who will who will beat teams by seven and eight when they have the opportunity to do so, and that's something that we've lacked even since Wenger's days, where you know we'll go two three up, and then it seems like we just stop playing football. Exactly, yeah, that's, we're just we're yeah. just more interested in playing, uh, showing off how good we are with the skills, exactly. rather than just making a statement of intent to saying that, you don't mess with us, we're going to take you to the sword. That 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 could have been a two 0 game, effectively, and the half time. I, I didn't. I didn't even. I didn't. I didn't know if we were going to score more yeah. after the, uh, at halftime. Just thought, you know what, we can game manage. Yeah, as you said, we went out again, um, and we and we and we drew, and we drew blood. So yeah, very impressive. Uh, what did you boys actually think uh, about William? William's chance. Uh, you you go for it, Amar. You go for it. 
I haven't even got any like hate for him left. Like I was just very positive about the game, but <laughs> a lot of the things he did were just wrong. <laughs> he gave the ball away so many times. I can't. Even, I don't even want to get in on him. But uh, boy, I don't know if he wanted to be out there. Really, I think Arteta was just thinking, you know, opportunity for him to get something, get that form going. Yeah. Got a shot on target at least. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he needs to go. What but what's yeah. what, what's good? And what Arteta has seemingly created with bringing these youngsters in, like you, like you mentioned before, Omari, is that players like Pepe and Willian are now going to be shown up because kids like Smith Rowe, Saka, the energy of, uh, of Tierney. And let's not forget Danny Ceballos, actually. I actually yeah. had it down to mention Ceballos played an absolutely beautiful first-time ball into the channel for Saka to chase down from mm. central midfield. And it was so great that he did that. And he's not necessarily one of my favorite midfielders because we're not like we discussed. We don't, we're not quite sure what he does. But, mm. you know, it just showed that he sort of like, um, he, he sort of like gets it and he really wants to move the ball forward. And obviously I love his celebration for Lacazette's goal, which a lot of people were talking about him on his knees. And <laughs> he, he's got a history of doing that, Danny Ceballos. He's very, very passionate about yeah, the team when you yeah, get a good result. So that was good to see. Temperamental. <laughs> yeah, honestly, he, he... Yeah, I don't know where his head's at, but you're right. He played a different game on Saturday. He looked like he realised that, you know, some people have been showing him up over the last couple of weeks and he came out with intent. He played well. Um, I think there's definitely a ceiling to him, but yeah, definitely played well. Um, I just want to shout out Pablo Mari because I've liked him for a while off very little evidence basically just the couple of games he had last year and I think he's shown a bit of good form now and I'm glad that there's a bit of competition there between him and Gabriel yeah yeah before we go to a break boys I need to address uh, Bamiyan and his form uh Kibbs mentioned it earlier that miss in the first half I think he now had another chance in the first half he had a couple of other chances in the second half which he didn't quite uh, put away or he could have done better with. I remember the left the left foot strike that um, they got saved. Should we be really concerned about his form and should he be you know, is he undroppable? Should Arteta be thinking, okay you're not in form, Aubameyang, maybe we should put Martinelli there instead of him or something, just quickly. He definitely is droppable but I, I think um, for his like exploits, his last few seasons he deserves uh, some patience for sure. He just seems cold. Seems like the winter months have got to him. You know, I, I'm sure we're going to see a different Aubameyang come the end yeah. of the, the like February and into March and April. We'll see a different man. But he's um that that uh, Kibbs that Kibbs that sounds scarily close to how we kind of see Meza Ozil dreaded no, as no. in oh me, no as in he only performs when the weather's good sort of thing or, or... that's the. <laughs> Do you know, he's of, it, of that age now. I don't know how much more we'll be able to get out of him, but I think there's been a slight pattern of Aubameyang like throughout his career. He doesn't. He has these moments where he got for seasons where he's like prolific, but he then has these moments where he's like off the boil. Yeah, there's moments at Arsenal as well, but just not as long as it has been. Final words, Amari. Then we go. To yeah, the we've break. had that debate several times before about how convincing he he is and he can be I think I'm not worried when he's getting these kind of chances we're making chances he'll get goals he'll continue to get goals it's only a matter of time Um, and to be honest I think him and Martinelli are sharing a role at the moment 
Yeah. And it'll be like that until Aubameyang really stamps his authority down in that position. I, I, I still think with Arteta, I still think he'll play him up top. He'll try and play him up top. I still think there's a slight possibility. Potentially, but at the moment, can you, you drop Lacazette? You can't drop, drop Lacazette. You can't. Well, who knows? Well, let, let's go into that in the, uh, in, the team, in the team preview for the Newcastle game. Let's, let's go to a bit of a break now, boys. So after the break, we'll be back and Amari will be presenting the main debate. Uh, what are we going to be talking about uh, this week, Amari? Well, it's January, so it's only right to talk about transfer business. So let's get excited about all the people that could possibly leave our club in the next month. <laughs> good stuff, good stuff. All right, guys, we'll be back right after this. Okay, and we're back. Welcome to the second part of the Temperamental Guna podcast. Uh, it's our main debate. Uh, Amari, take us away. So this week, we're going to talk a little bit about the transfer window and the business that we need to do. Um, I think there's a lot of work that, that needs to be done at the club. But I'm, I'm interested to th- hear what you guys think is the most important thing. So break it down to three sections. We'll talk about incoming business, outgoing business, and then also the youth of the club as well. But to start with, I just thought it'd be good to get a bit of an idea of what you guys think about the January window. Um, your best, your favourite signings in the January window, your worst signings in the January window. Uh, we've had we've had some some shockers that spring to mind. I'm, I'm not sure about the best. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'd like to hear what you think. So Toes, like, take us away. I've I've got a couple of, in my opinion, bangers uh, in terms of best. But I'm going to start off with worst, right? I've got two candidates for worst. One is uh, our dear friend, uh, what's his, is it Daniel Suarez? What was the guy's name? Dennis. Dennis Suarez. Dennis Suarez. Dennis I'll Suarez. have to limit you to one, though, because oh, I know okay, Kim's okay. probably got the other one. Okay, okay. So, <laughs> gonna talk. okay. Mm. All right, you know what? I don't want to take it away from Kibbs in case he says who I was going to say, which is a shame. I've, I've showed my hand. But I'm going to say uh, Dennis Suarez. Worst, uh, inco- worst incoming, best incoming. It's tough. It's really tough. But I'm going to have to go just for his legacy and the immediate impact he had on that season. And it's a shame we didn't win the title that season. But he was very good for us for the next sort of like two or three seasons. Fellow Nigerian, Noanko Kanu, January signing. I'm going for him. Oh, that's a good one. You know, I didn't, I didn't know Kanu came in in in. In January, yeah, it's ninety nine. If I remember correctly, yeah, he was a, he was a, he was a winter signing. He was a winter signing yeah. for sure. But yeah, big player, big player for big us. Big player, loads of skills, scored some absolutely cracking goals. Uh, cult legend. It's just a shame he sort of like ran out of legs by the invincible season. Uh, but yeah, those are the, that's those are my worst and my best January yeah. signings. Over yeah. to you, Kibbs. Dennis Dennis Suarez is definitely definitely up there because. I, I only remember him coming on like once when we got we lost like three 0 to City away or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I could be. Oh, I hope I've got that right. But I just remember yeah, him coming right. on in the game where it was just like, why are we bringing him on? <laughs> like this is and and yeah, 
very little impact. And again, it's a time when we needed a player going for that Champions League place and just made the wrong decision. Um, but Kibbs, I know you're probably chomping at the bit to give us your favourite worst yeah. January signings. Can I have a drum roll, please? I'm giving you one. All right. All right, OK. It's Miyachi. It's Miyachi. Oh, you got for Miyachi? Yeah. Oh, I hate you, Kibbs. You, oh, I thought you... I thought you were going to take the person I said. Oh, no, I did not expect that. Go on. Exactly. It's me, actually. I, I remember Inamoto for Arsenal. Yeah, I do. Okay. Did he come so, in January as well? No, no. no. I, I think there's like a link. Uh, I, I think they're both Japanese, right? They're both yeah. Japanese, yeah. Um, yeah. With Miyachi, I, I just heard lots about him. Yeah. I thought he was like a yeah. strong prospect. And we just never got the best out of him. So I was really disappointed. There was another name on my list. But I just think, considering the circumstance at the time, he was like a really exciting prospect. Um, and it was a shame he just never got to establish himself. I think he then, he went out on loan as well. Yeah. Um, well, I think uh, Bolton and Wigan. And yeah, he, he just, he didn't I have a good time. I think he was abroad, actually. I think he went abroad Spain, as well. Spain. Yeah, Maybe he went to Spain. Bolton for a bit. Well, yeah. He actually played a bit as well at Bolton. Yeah. <laughs> he was in Germany. I can't remember correctly. No. Um, and your favourite? Okay, let's do a reversal sign first. Okay, so there's many, many candidates. Uh, we have some legends in there. Well, I'm going to go with Nacho Monreal. Ooh. I like ooh, the Spenders. Yeah. Uh, he was an. Uh... You got to limit him to one as well, Amari. If he's allowed to pick yeah. more than one, then I've got to get my my other. I'm, boy I'm just gonna pick. I'm just gonna pick the one because I I think Nacho Monreal was one of our like most consistent players in in that kind of period. Um, he really was, man. Yeah. Well, yeah. what can I say about him? Uh, yeah, Mister Consistent. He got ahead of Gibbs, which at the time I thought was a shame because I had like, yeah, you know, big, everyone had like big aspiration for Gibbs being like a being at the club for quite a long time. I, I thought he'd get his chance, but um, yeah, he was just effective. He could play in a three as well. Mm. And um, I remember I was at Old Trafford for the FA Cup game where we won two one. I think Welb scored as well. Yeah. And Nacho Monreal got in there, and that's and I think that's I think it was 2015. Mm-hmm. I think that's when we went on away, then we smoked Villa like four 0 yeah. So yeah, Monreal. There's lots yeah, of candidates, you know, amazing signings, but for me, it has to be him because it was because of the impact for how many years he was actually at the club. Longevity. Yeah. Yeah. I think, Toast, if if I'm not right in saying that your other January signing has to be Kim Kallstrom. Yes. <laughs> like, like, yes. Like, it has to be. That was bad. 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 That was only Arsenal could sign someone who had uh, who had broken their back effectively. Oh, but but you know what, boy? I, there's been a number of bad January signings. So I think I even looked at it. I was like, these are my conditions. He he still had some impact, right? He, he did. To be he, fair, what, he scored what, what that he penalty. He penalty. He did. That penalty. He can't Bobby be the player. Yeah, he can't be up there because there's been worse of them. What about the fact that we we needed a centre midfielder to win the league? Uh, <laughs> that's that's, that's the impact he had. 
Who's your number one then, uh, Amari? Uh, best signing. I would have said, to be fair, Monreal is definitely up there, but I mean, honorable mentions to Abamyang and Arshavin as well. Oh my God, Abamyang was in January. Completely yeah. forgot. Yo, yeah, I have, not... to, have to be fair to we, Abamyang. We've, wow. missed, we've missed a few as well. We've even got Adebayor. Adebayor, Reyes, Diaby. Arshavin was going to be my other guy, to be fair. And, I completely and, forgot about Aubameyang, but yeah. And, and honourable mentions to the legends. I, I believe Henri and Sol Campbell came back on loans. Ah, yeah. Um, very so, cheeky. Very good. I, I very was good thinking about cheeky. giving them. I thought you two would actually give it to those. One of those. Nah. Or I would have done Henri because of... God, you know, that, that leads that, oh, yeah, that, that made... Come on. Come on. Let's <laughs> not... Anyway, anyway. Yeah, not, yeah. The core yeah. of this debate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Debate. Let's yeah. get on to the let's get on to the modern times. Yeah. <laughs> and uh we'll start with the outgoings because I think that's what um Arteta, even in his press conferences last week, was saying is the key the key business to do. And there's been a bit of news about that in terms of um obviously uh Klasnach has gone out on loan and uh Saliba we thank God has gone out on loan, so he's been he's been freed, guys. The Twitter <laughs> Twitter hashtags can stop. Yeah. Um, but you and your mate Gwendozi. <laughs> yeah. Oh, is it Gwendozi? No, it's not Gwendozi. It's uh, Fofana and Leicester. That's who said that. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah. So, guys, what do you what do you think's the 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 key the key outgoings that need to be made? Kids, let's start with you. Uh, outgoings. Um, so. We're 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 bottom heavy, aren't we? Mm-hmm. Number of defenders. So outgoings, it has to be a few a few of those a few of those man. I reckon Mustafi. I don't know if Mustafi will happen, but if I if if I saw Mustafi um, leave in this window, I'd be ecstatic. But I doubt that's going to happen. So maybe move along to Socrates. I think that's a possibility. Yeah. Um, I even saw some chat of us terminating his contract a bit earlier so yeah so Socrates Mustafi um in the defense and then moving forwards okay so you know I'm gonna say Mesut yeah before like before I let you take all the shine (laughs) let me let me flip it to you to you Toast because we've got ML Smith-Rowe playing attack midfield yeah, and you know, with Kolasinac gone and with Socrates possibly going, and the fact that we need a centre uh, attacking midfielder, does it make sense for Özil to go now? You know, I, I still and it's it's tough, right? Because in a way, because I, I'm so someone who has been disappointed with Mesut Özil, and I'd be very you know happy not to see him play again, but. Smith Rowe, we can't put all the pressure on him to be that main guy as a number 10. Um, but I think the greater for the greater for the for the benefit of the team, again, Arteta, like we discussed in the previous pods, for Arteta now, although he's now playing in a formation that would suit Ozil better, before I used to think to myself, oh, 3 4 3, that's why we can't have Ozil in, he's not going to work hard enough, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But in the current formation that we played in the last three games, there is arguably a space for Mesut Ozil, but I can't see him being brought in. I think what we need to do is, 
We need to go for, hopefully we can let him go, uh, but we need to go for a player who is either going to be a very definitive short-term fist, uh, fix, so like your Iscos or someone of that elk coming from a big club who needs games. It's the Euros after all coming in, so maybe we need someone like that. Or someone who we could get, um, Brent, uh, what's the guy from Norwich? Uh, Emi Brendia. Brendia. Or, you know, Julian Brandt uh, that they're talking about from, uh, from Dortmund. Someone who's going to make a long-term impression in that role. But then again, I understand people may say, look, that's going to kill Smith Rowe. But at the end of the day, we still need to be competitive. Arsenal Football Club can't be putting all its eggs in a 20-year-old as such. Right, so we need to either we we got either we get someone who's definitively short-term fixed like Isco or someone like that, or we get someone who's in the medium to long-term. Who that if we do sell them, they are going to prove to be uh, we can recoup something back for them. An honourable mention to Julian Draxler because again he's been mentioned, <laughs> he's been he's been mentioned with us. Oh, he came really really close to signing him, but again he's 27, so I think if yeah. we got him on a free or something, then there's no real resale value there but in my opinion we can't get Ozil back uh we need to get someone who's going to be for the future or definitive short-term fix to bring along Smith Rowe for the rest of this season I mean Drax has been coming to Arsenal since 2014 so definitely I won't hold my breath Um, (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm actually no longer sure is he actually attacking midfielder now he's I don't know where he walked into a number eight six I don't know what he's doing they've been bringing him on in some queer positions man I get confused but um Kibbs, I sent you a video today um, that was an Ozil goal that I can't even remember that happened uh, against Liverpool. And uh, I'm just sad that this is where it, what it's come to now. The, um, the end of uh, Ozil could be, could be soon. Talking about Fenerbahce, DC United. And yeah. this is how it's going to go. Yeah, Meza, it's it's such a shame. I, I th- actually, I think if this is if this if if it's time to go, then at least his last contribution will be will have been an assist. I think I saw that somewhere. I, I can't quite remember who that who was against. Was it against? We'll have to check it. I think it was maybe against, West Ham. West Ham, may, yeah, maybe West Ham. But yeah, a real shame. I I, I think even though Meza was kind of like putting up numbers in his first first and second season, he's never quite lived up to the bill um, or the expectation of a World Cup winner, someone who's come from Madrid. We've never, we've seen him be brilliant, but he's never been the player we wanted him to be. Um, You know, I I was at points I've been his biggest defender, but looking at it, whether it, the decisions are being made higher up or whether that's being done on the training field by the manager by the coaches there's there's a pattern and that's measure in decline or not starting so i can't really get away from that so on the basis of his wages uh well yeah we have to get rid of him and even if that's so i saw the links with fenerbahce even if that's say a loan and we pay his wages until the summer and he goes in the free he he has to go. He has to go. Unfortunately, he maybe would have should have sold him a year earlier and recoup some cash. Cause um, yeah, real 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 shame. He's a, he he is of Arsenal quality. Yeah. In fact, I I thought it was uh, I thought we were lucky to get him. I couldn't believe that we got him. So it's yeah, it's a shame to look back at his 
time at Arsenal like this. Yeah, he was the start of the, the he was the first big signing we made in a, a number of years. So it's a shame that it's come to this. But just on just finally on the outgoing side of things, I think there's a couple of players in there that might need some games. I'm looking at people like Chambers, um even a strange we, we kept we fought to keep Ainsley make the Nars in the summer, but hasn't really featured so much recently. I don't know if you guys have any opinions on what we should do with the, with, with players like that. I heard, yeah. I heard a rumor about Atleti maybe thinking about coming in for Maitland Niles. Yeah, I don't I don't think Maitland Niles is a player we can let go, at, at least not this season or in this window. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say he's glue. He doesn't glue us together anything, but he's an integral squad member, um, and he has big game, match game, important game moments. So. He, he's a player that has to stay for now. As you said, we we could have offloaded him um, in in the in the summer just gone. So keep him. Chambers, these, these are difficult ones. There's some more obvious ones. But Chambers, I don't know how how fair it is if he does go out, mm-hmm. even though if he does need game time because I think I, I think Chambers needs to go out, and I think he needs the football. Uh, we know he was doing so well when Arteta first came in. And then he got that unfortunate injury. I think we need to, I think given his age, it would be good if we can get him out on loan and he can play up again. We've seen how he performed with Fulham and Middlesbrough, the times where he went alone. The, the bigger questions in terms of loans, I actually think are Reese Nelson and, and uh, Joe Willock. I think Reese mm-hmm. Nelson definitely either we're going to loan him out or we could accept some money from him because we need to get some cash in. I personally don't see Reese Nelson taking Arsenal to the, to the next level. We thought he would be that player, but subsequently when he's come back, he hasn't really had a run of games. That's been slightly unfair to him in a way, but I don't see it. So either selling him permanently or definitely alone. It's Joe Willock that I would say more of alone because I think Willock, he's got something about him being like that third midfielder who can break into the box that we need. So I'd be more keen for him to get alone to come back, but Neil uh, Reese Nelson, I don't mind whether we sell him or he goes out on loan. But we definitely need to get some cash, and he would be yeah. a good candidate for me. So, uh, just to the both of you, just uh, on that basis, Reese Nelson, I can understand uh, to a point, but um, I mentioned before we're bottom heavy, yeah. Um, and considering the circumstances of COVID, we're seeing it with City, we're seeing it with a lot of other teams, non-league, league, uh, Premier League teams. Mm-hmm. You know, squad numbers they dwindle quickly. I, I just don't understand how we could be saying this player on loan, this player on like we're gonna have to keep some of these players. And I think Willock's yeah. the player we should keep. He, he, we don't have many. Sorry, say that which player? Willock, he has to Willock, say, yeah, okay, Willock, yeah. Any, Willock's been getting a lot of flack, I feel, from Arsenal fans of recent, but I. He's a strange player in the sense that, yeah, he kind of reminds me of Ramsey, but I still think if, if we're going to play with a number 10 a playmaker and we don't have Smith-Rowe and, and maybe Saka could fit into the middle there or William, but I still think he's an option. Yeah, yeah. I agree. It's a tough one. It's a so tough I, one, Willock. It's a tough one. I, I, think, I think for me, Willock, is, Willock will be an eight at some point. It's just he needs games. He's desperate for games. I agree. Um, just moving on. I think to talk, we spoke briefly, Toshi mentioned briefly a couple of options in that attacking midfield area, which I think is the only way, only player we're looking at or interested in. Yeah. Emi Bendia or Isco, 
players like that. Um, Julian Brand as well. What, what what do you make of 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 those kind of signings? I get a bit nervous thinking of a player like Isco when I think of Denis Suarez, but maybe I'm being unfair. Yeah, the, the the problem is whoever we want, we want them to hit the ground running. The the difference is Isco has got a proven track record at Real Madrid. My only problem is the acclimatization period. He hasn't played a lot of games for Real Madrid, right? Um, he hasn't he hasn't played a lot of games for Real Madrid, and he's coming from the Spanish league, so he might need some time. The German league is a bit more traditionally uh, alike into the Premier League, so someone like Julian Brandt may have more of an impact if he stay, came in straight away. Uh, Emiliano Emiliano Brandina, he is probably the best one. But then again, why would Norwich sell us uh, a player like that when they are on the up and they're almost getting promoted? That's the problem. They would demand a lot, a lot of money. He probably makes sense the most because he's played in the Premier League. He's used to the culture. He's used to English football full stop. So it would just be, and he's played at the top level. He's played at the top level. So right. for me, he would be the ideal, if anything, but I don't see it happening. Yep. Uh, I, I agree. I agree with um, Isco. Uh, you, you've seen with, it's, it's not similar because Hammers uh, is permanent, but you've seen with Hammers. He, he, he started like, he came in, he had an impact, but then he's like slowed down. I believe Visco, if it's a short-term fix, he, he won't have the time um, to really benefit or, or benefit us. Um, Buendia, I, I see it, but then again, cash is an issue. So I'd, I'd have to say maybe be player on top. So I can imagine maybe a Reese Nelson or something like that. Uh, and then, yeah, just quickly, we just... I just wanted to say that um, I think... Yeah, when I when I when I think about short term fix, I almost think short term fix for what? Because I don't know where where the pressure is on this season, especially when it comes to the league. So I'd definitely be of the same view as you guys. Maybe the long term, looking for the long term. The, my um, only, the, the only just to, for me to finally say that is the only reason why I'm saying short term fix is because we're going to put a lot of there's a lot of hype going around Smith Rowe, and yeah, he's good, but we don't want him to to burn out. So that's the only reason why I want someone maybe to come alongside him. And if it is someone to come alongside him, they've got to be of a certain experience level. Yeah. A couple of players we didn't um, mention. Um, Balogun, Inketia, players oh, like that. Crumbs. I just want to get a bit of a, a view from you guys quickly. What do you, where do you think uh, those two stand? How do you deal with that situation? It's, well, uh, Balogun, even Eddie, they, you know, we could have contract situations with the both of them, but um, just to keep it short, I think although I don't have enough like data points for Balogun, I like what I see. And with Eddie, he he is a good player, he's a poacher. But if you can get come like twenty million for him, that would be super helpful. So yeah, I, I would I would I would sell him. If if you ask me, which out of those two players who I'd prefer it would be uh, Falarium Balogun because he just seems to me as if he's got more in terms of hold up play. And being uh, an out and out one, well, an out and out forward, not an out and out striker, sort of like. And Ketia, I like him, but he's a penalty box striker. I don't see his all round game being something that we're going to really use. I just think that, you know, he's not necessarily going to be. Yeah, he's not great. necessarily going to be the main main man. So if, like, like, like Kibbs is saying, sorry, if we can get some cash for him, 15. 15 to 20 million, then that would be great for me as well. Yeah. Yeah. 
I'd love to see that. I'd love to see that happen as well. To be honest, I think he's he's got good potential, but I don't know whether he's gonna get to the level that we need. Um, Balogun might not even stay after any after all us, yeah. us talking about him. So that's the tragedy. We've got to sign him yeah. on. But if, if, even if we do keep Balogun and and if it's for the future, um, in any case, it would be good to keep him here and just drive up his value, like English or British talent. Um, you know, you can really like maximise value for these type of players. It'd be a mistake to let him go. Yeah, but unfortunately, we may even lose him on a free. If we don't sign him up now, then we yeah. may lose him. Yeah, yeah, we, we may lose him on a free. It may go to, down to the tribunal. Final words for you, uh, Omari? I just think, thank God that Saliba got out on loan. Happy for the guy. Started today for Nice. It's Wednesday we're recording. He started today for Nice. So, oh. But they lost 2-0. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say he scored. So, yeah. uh, less said about that, the better. Yeah. But, uh... <laughs> just, just, just a quick one, quick one, chaps. Uh, yeah, don't forget about Gunduzi, yeah? We will, he'll come back. I, I guess we'll, we'll speak about him, but he's going to be important for us, so. Okay. Oh, that one, we'll, 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 we'll hold talk. that one for yeah. another day, I think. Okay. Lone watch. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, Round it, just to round it off, all right, just give me, both of you, your thing that you'd like to see, end of January, window shuts, what's happened, Kibbs? Uh, yeah, so just tie up a few loose ends, uh, as you said, some of the senior players, Meza or uh, Socrates, uh, that'd be good to see them uh, leave, and then a few few players go out on loan, um, Reese Nelson, uh, yeah, perhaps Chambers, if there's no space for him. Um, and maybe Eddie. Yeah. Toast? Pretty much exactly what Kib said there. Um, the players that we really want out, Ozil, Socrates, Mustafi, gone. Maybe Nelson. Some players go out on loan. But I think we still need one definitive attacking midfielder. Uh, whether we're going to get someone for the long term now or someone for the short term. But yeah, that's what I'd like to see. All right, there you have it, boys. Temperamental Gooners, thoughts. Uh, we'll go for a quick break now, and then when we come back, we'll look ahead to the Newcastle game. Hi, listeners. Thanks for listening. If you want to find us, you can find us on Twitter, at TPGooner, Instagram, Temperamental Gooners, and via email, tpgooners at yahoo.com. Thanks. Okay, and we're back from a break. Guys, we're into the final section of the show now. So we're previewing uh, the Newcastle game. Newcastle, it's the FA Cup. It's uh, the Arsenal, the holders, uh, trying to retain uh, the trophy. Um, what do you guys see the lineup uh, against Newcastle? Um, obviously, it's going to be a good opportunity to, to freshen things up a bit because we've got some important league games to, to get up to get up the table. But then again, we're playing at home. We need to take this seriously. Uh, what do you guys think? So over to you first, Amari. What, what do you think the lineup should be? I think, I think the big question is going to be, does he risk Renison? Um, <laughs> I mean, that, that, that almost feels like you could be throwing away the tie. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, other than that, other than that, I think... It's, it's a pretty difficult 
lineup to 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 estimate. I think a couple of things probably need to happen. I think Tierney probably needs a rest. Um, we don't have another left back, so it'll probably be AMN will come in to play from the left. Um, I think one thing I'd love to see is Balogun to get a start. Never going to happen because Inketi is there. So I think Inketia will play. Um, and then otherwise, I think we'll see we'll see Pepe. We'll see Willian, unfortunately. Um, yeah, I don't know who plays right back. I think Suarez probably comes in. Kibbs, I don't know what you think. Uh, yeah, I, I find it hot. Yeah, this is a really difficult game to... Like kind of estimate. Um, uh, I don't know. Do you think we could play three at the back, or do you think we'll stick with the four, or three five, or, or have some form of variation of the three at the back to kind of like maybe load up with the CBs to, to give some players a game? Um, I'm not. Re- yeah, I'm not really sure, but I, I do believe. Yeah, Pepe, William will get a game. Probably Eddie as well. Uh, Probably too early for party, to be fair. Well, not too early, but I know he'll be available. But maybe, maybe, maybe you'll you'll have like uh, you'll get a few minutes, off last bench, twenty minutes maybe, or so yeah. off the bench. Um, but as you said, is is a game we should be taking seriously. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not entirely sure. It's hard to guess with Arteta and with yeah. my current squad. I, I think I think he should start with Runison. Uh, you know, like I said in the previous pod when we. Quickly reviewed the the uh, the City um, uh, Carabao Cup quarterfinal game. I think you know if I if you imagine that uh, Leno, who's been so pivotal in the last couple of games, especially in the Chelsea game and in the Brighton game where he kept us in it. Imagine if he had got injured in that Carabao Cup game, we would have gone mental. So Runison has got to get some games somewhere. It's the third round of the cup. We're playing at home. Let's build his confidence up. So I can see him coming in. I agree with Amari about AMN at left back. I would say maybe David Luiz and Gabriel as the centres. Then Suarez. Maybe a combination of El Neni and Willock in the centre. I, I really want Nicolas Pepe to do well. I really want... I, I think there's so much more to come from Nicolas Pepe. But he is frustrating. I would love to even see him in that central in the hole. But let's say he's going on the, on the, on the right... Unfortunately, I can see Willian playing. Uh, then I can probably see maybe uh, maybe Martinelli and Enketia. We even forgot about Martinelli. No one's mentioned him. Um, it's th- yeah. The only player I'm struggling with is who goes in that hole. So because um, all the players like Martinelli, maybe Willian goes in the hole there. Maybe Willian goes in that hole there, and then maybe Martinelli on the left and Enketia up front. That's what I would think he can yeah. do. I have a team joined down here. It's exactly that. I think that's probably like it feels a bit, much, a bit like football manager kind of football, just <laughs> changing your whole team ahead of the game. But um, yeah, I think I think a lot of players are going to get a rest. Smith yeah. Rowe and Saka desperate need of one, I think. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, Martinelli's had a break, so maybe he will come back in. If I just want to, just want to think- answer what you said, Kibbs, earlier. Sorry, and I'll let you. Yeah. Uh, have, have a full back but you were saying about going back to a three I think if we've got the momentum with the four two three one I think we should stick with that because now Arteta seemingly has said whichever situation whether Chelsea at home or way at Brighton and 
West Brom, he played that. So I think we the team needs to now focus to think, okay, that is our definitive formation. Let's play to, to let's play to that formation each time. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah on that basis. Then if if we are going to play that kind of four, uh, two, three, one, then I think Willock, I think Willock may sit in that that kind of like hole. He'll, he'll be somewhere. Yeah, yeah, potentially he could play in the hole actually. Although I just love to see him as one of the holders and just like to get some time playing there. Cause I don't think he's a ten. Um, may play yeah. El Nene. Him and El yeah, Nene will play probably. But um, yeah, sorry. What do you guys think in terms of the FA Cup? Like, I haven't really given it much of a thought. Um, I don't know what our aims are now this season. I feel like the Europa League is a is yeah. is a big one, and I'm still yeah. kind of half dreaming about us going on a run of twelve wins in the league <laughs> and finding ourselves in a fantastic position. But never know. I don't really know where to put the FA Cup on our agenda. I think we need to. I think we need to pay it respect because number one, it did it did so much wonders for us last season, um, and also as well, we can't. You know, we may be a bit shoddy in the league. It is very. It's going to be very very difficult to get in and amongst that top six or seven. So we might as well have another avenue into getting into at least the Europa League if we can't get it through the through the league table. So I would still take the FA Cup seriously, and you know. There's there's nothing better I think for a footballer when especially when <clears throat> excuse me especially when we are playing we're playing relatively well I don't want to because this podcast we're very very positive <laughs> for once or other so what I don't want to do is sound too positive or whatnot but I think we just we we shouldn't take teams lightly we should still just play our way in because what we need to now get back is the fear to other teams and we're only going to do that the more we win so if we beat Newcastle and get a convincing win people think the Crystal Palace game then people are going to you know Palace have got something to think about so to speak yeah like, but with the FA Cup like, when's the last time we, we've gone out early I don't want to tempt fate you see that's my that's my negative Guna hat coming on but that's, right but that's what's uh, I don't remember but I don't want to tempt fate what happened in 2018-19 I can't remember. Was that was that the, so? What was the year when Sheffield Wednesday? I think maybe that. Oh, was that was time ago. What year was that? Sixteen, seventeen, maybe that was time. No, was that not 16, did 17, 18. To, did we lose to Wednesday? Maybe yeah. that was in the Carabao. Uh, that was Carabao. Carabao Cup. No, we lost that. to Forest. We lost to Forest yes. in the first yeah. round in seventeen, yeah. eighteen. Well done, well yeah. done. Yeah, yeah that yeah. was that was with those terrible, terrible blue. Shirts. Sure, Metasaka had a terrible game. So yeah, that's the last time I think we went out in the first round, or yeah, in the third round. Yeah, that was that was the last time we went out in the third round. Yeah. I don't know what happened in 2018-19. I can't tell you. Emery's first year. Emery's first year. Emery's first year. I can't remember myself now. I haven't got a clue. I, got a clue. Uh, I can't remember. Well, Kims googles it there. We lost two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, I, I just remember the time when we went out to Watford at home. I think that was, I can't remember if that was a quarterfinal game, but that was a game that we seemingly thought that we should, it should be an easy win. But it, it's strange that we can't remember what happened with, with Emery in his first season uh, and the FA Cup. But I, I still think that, you know, we should take, we should treat that competition with respect. We are the outright winners of that competition. And, you know, with Tottenham 
potentially on the verge of winning something, you know, I'd like us to be able to win something ourselves. So, yeah, if we can keep that up, then that would be great. But um, while Kibbs is still trying to find out what happened uh, in that season... Uh, oh, how you... United. United at home. I ah, forgot well that game done. even happened. Well done. Yeah, that was Alexi. Did Alexi Sanchez score against us? Yeah. And, uh, oh, I don't know if he scored. Lingard. I know he played well. Yeah, I think it was Alexi yeah, and score. Lingard. Alexi yeah. and Lingard. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was terrible. That was at home. We lost that one yeah. as well. Horrible game. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, I mean, what, how do you think uh, Newcastle are going to approach it? Um, I haven't got a clue. They don't, they've, not, they've not been doing a lot in the league. Um, and uh, I think, yeah, teams, teams like Newcastle seem to think, you know, games like this, they don't, they don't seem to want, really. Um, God, this is going to look so embarrassing when we do a podcast and I have to talk about us losing to Newcastle on Saturday. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, they've got other things that they're thinking about. Um, I think that would be more important. So, you know, yeah, I've, funnily enough, I've actually been watching a bit of Newcastle this year. They're just, I think, I think, uh, so they played Leicester last week. Uh, do you know what? They, that, that Wilson, man, he's, He's still very dangerous. To sp- he's living on scraps, and he's he's still Definitely. scoring. So I'm hoping that he's not in the lineup. Definitely. Uh, Definitely. Yeah. I, I see, I'd be more, more worried if I see Andy Carroll. Yeah, <laughs> he scored as well. But, yeah. but we've got we've got tall we've got tall centre halves now, uh, Omari. So maybe it's not so bad. We've got taller centre halves, so maybe it's not so bad <laughs> oh. to have. And Carol, yeah, yeah. his feet. <laughs> yeah, that that goal. Callum Callum Wilson though is a player who, you know, he's a very very busy player. I respect him. I respect him a lot. I respect him a lot. So let let let's go to the, our predictions, guys. And just before we go into that, let's talk about the predictions uh, leaderboard. So Kibbs is leading that with two points. Um, he's he called wins for the last two games, uh, but. Um, just haven't got the the full uh, the full score. So Kibbs, you're leading that with two points. Uh, Amari, you are leading that with you are in second rather with uh, with one point, and then I'm uh, I'm at the bottom uh, with zero points. So uh, what are your predictions for next week, uh, chaps? I'm gonna go for, for this Saturday. Uh, rather. I'm gonna go for a three nil home win on Saturday. All right. 3-0. All right. And what are you going with, uh, Kibbs? Well, okay, I believe I'm going to get this wrong. But four, the number four seems to be a quite a popular number between Arsenal and Newcastle. So I'm going to go 4-1. Four, 4-1 one. Four, one or 4? No, not 4 one. It's 4 one to Arsenal, meaning Arsenal are going to score four. And I think Newcastle will get a goal. Okay, so yeah, right, so four one, four one to Arsenal. Yeah. I'm going to be my usual conservative self. Uh, I'm going to go for maybe uh, a. I'll probably go for a uh, a two nil. I'm going for two nil, two nil Arsenal. Is that conservative? That's not conservative for you. So that means you're confident. <laughs> <laughs> it's confident that I think we're going to win. Right? That, 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 that's about it. But I think I'll go with the conservative 2-0. Uh, 
Um, guys, I want to bring in a new, before we get to uh, high five and, and throw a pie, just want to bring a new game to the to the pod. So we're just calling it your your five-a-side, your temperamental guna five-a-side, just from week to week, look in who's in your favorite five. So I'll, I'll kick it off and we'll see if they're going to be still in the team by the end of the Newcastle game or if someone's going to get dropped. So for me, I think who are instrumental, whether they play or not, uh, at this moment in time, Kirantini, uh, Kirantini. I would say Rob Holding. I would say uh, I would say Saka. I would say I would say then who? It's tough now. It's getting tough. Now. I'm going to put Lacazette, uh, Kirantini, Rob Holding, Saka, Lacazette, and my fifth player. I am going to go with uh, Gabriel Martinelli. So that's my five aside for now. What about you, Kibbs? Uh, yes, yeah, so Tierney, Bellerin, quite attacking. Um, yeah, Saka, Emil Smith Rowe, and Lacazette. Okay, Mari. I'm going to go for Mari. Um, Jaka, ooh, putting him in there. <laughs> oh, Tierney as well goes without saying, of course. Um, and then I'm gonna go for Saka and Emil Smith Rowe. Yes, uh, okay, all right, all right. So we'll see, we'll review it after next week, boys. We'll see if you guys are gonna stick with that five or if you're gonna drop someone and bring someone in uh last part of the show guys uh, it's been a good show uh been a positive one but it's that time of the week high five and throw a pie so uh let's start with you mr bearer flowers kibbs uh who are you high-fiving effectively giving a flower to this week yeah smith row neil smith row all right he's your high five yep and um, who are you throwing a pie at Doubling down on Pepe again for the second week because we didn't get on. So something, something's, something's up. Uh, we should really be. Ca- we need to go back, right, and see the high five counter and the pie counter because at the end of this uh, podcast season, we need to be able to sing who ate all the pies, right? <laughs> so we need to be able to count there. So you're giving uh, ESR Emil Smith Rowe a high five and um, Pepe a pie, but, but with the hopes of. With Pepe, it getting better. Yeah, like Pepe, if you're listening to this, we're pining yeah. you because we want you to do well. <laughs> How about you, Amari? Who are you going for? Uh, I'm gonna high five the boy wonder Bukayo Saka um, because he is just an effective footballer. He does not play about anymore. I'm loving to see him grow and. Uh, Alternative one, my pie is going at Sam Allardyce. (laughs) (laughs) And and not even just because he said we were relegation rivals, because he was talking some silly stuff after the game about West Brom being expansive. And I was thinking, if that's his idea of expansive, uh, yeah, wow. And he wondered why he doesn't get the big jobs. 
All right, all right. So uh, slightly out of the the perimeter, but Sam Allardyce, you're getting a pie. Uh, I'm going to high five uh, Lacazette this week. I think you know over the last four games he scored. He scored any in, in you know since City, Chelsea, Brighton, and West Brom. So he deserves his run in the team, and he's playing well with his hold up play. Deserves recognition. Remember, Laka was our player of the season in Emery's uh, first full season, and he just went off the boil so much. So that's why I'm going to give props to Lacazette this week. Throwing a pie, um, I was thinking and contemplating and making a hat trick for Willian in terms of pies, but I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to throw one at uh, Meza Ozil. It's just time. It's just time he goes. I, I feel sorry for him as, as a human. I feel sorry for him that he hasn't. He's not able to do what he wants to do in terms of playing football. But I just, I just think it's time for him to go and leave the club. So I'm, high, I'm pieing Mesut Özil this week. Just a quick one on that before we go. Um, you know, you hear a lot. I don't really know what happened with Özil. One day we'll find out. But one thing I just want to, I really, really hope. His place in the team didn't disappear because of anything to do with what he what he had to say um, about treatment of people in China and stuff like that. Yeah, we yeah. hopefully one day we find out. Yeah, I you talk about to the extent of him being like frozen out. Yeah, yeah. it was random. Something must have happened, but so, yeah, some, something happened. I, I did have a quick, just really quickly. I did have a I was having a conversation with a few friends about this. Um, and and it kind of seems that way, right? It kind of seems like there's some, there must be some element of truth to that. But just looking back to it, that things had been building up to that point. Maybe that and something else was just like the, yeah, the the, the tipping point. I, I I come back to it again with Ozil, right? I mean, he he should have taken us to. A certain level. You look at his contribution for the what? Well, well, you look at his goal, the Ludogorets goal. His contribution in that Man U home uh, game, his contribution in the Liverpool game, the Leicester game, the kind of interplay. So Meza Özil, you know, he's got you know, he's got ability, but he's never been consistent. And for me, what shows me is that even under Arsene Wenger, the guy who he inverted commas says is like a father to him, he wasn't he still had issues and there was a whole thing surrounding him. And then with Emery, Emery gave him a chance. He didn't really want to play Emery's style. Emery dropped him. He came back in. Arteta seemingly had him in and then he's had him out. And I think at Freddie as well, you know, the time when he kicked his gloves, when he got substituted, I just think Meza Ozil, he's just not the type of player to bank on, you know? And for me, you know, we, we can't be carrying luxury players or players who we want to be the mainstay of our teams and they're, they're not taking us there. So, it, it's a, you know, if it was the formation, which I can understand because Arteta switched to the 3-4-3 and there's not really a, a place for Ozil. That's all formation, yeah. I don't think. So, technically, now that we're playing 4-2-3-1, there's a space for him, as I was saying at the top of the pod. But I just think that his time is has been and gone now. We need to move past him. Uh, yeah. And yeah, it's just it's not it's not a good it's not good for the club that a player on that amount of wages apparently isn't playing. So it's just time. It's uh, just yeah. time in my opinion. 
quickly, I, just, I, I hate the term luxury player. In, in terms of Ozil, the price, yeah, luxury. But I, I think if a player's talented enough, there should always be space for a player like Ozil. I, I, it seems like football has kind of moved past the, these type of players. But as we've seen in Arsenal, we need to hold on to that. We need that mercurial type of player who, who sometimes floats in and out of games, but can essentially make the difference. He just didn't do it enough. I think we need a. I think we need another main topic. Maybe whenever it is that he does leave, I think we'll have to. We'll have to. We'll have to go into this in a bit of detail. Um, Wengar and the parallel method. <laughs> don't, don't don't get me started, boys. Don't get me started. We just need to. Well, let's end this one and then see where we go with that one. All right, gentlemen. Thank you very much. It's been a great pod. So that's a, a bye from me, Toes, uh, Amari, and Kibbs. Thanks very much, Peace. guys. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you guys next week. Cheers. Cheers.